0: Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach beginning a new series tonight called Tell All Your Friends. And if you have a Bible, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5 in your Bible. You can make your way there or you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. All of the notes are there. So if you download the app or if you have the app and you click on more and click events, um, you can follow along in the notes there. But this series is all about the importance and power of sharing your faith with the people around you. That's what the series is about. It's really simple. It's about the importance and the power of sharing your faith with the people around you. The reason is because the gospel, the message of Jesus, is what the world needs. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says it like this. The apostle Paul is writing. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone Who believes? This is an important verse for us to understand. He says, I am not ashamed. In other words, I'm going to tell people about the gospel, the good news. That's where the word gospel means the good news about Christ. Why? For, because, thanks for asking why, because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and for also also the Greek. This is such an important verse for us to understand. Because the Apostle Paul is telling us both the motivation and our sort of objective when it comes to the message of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in part one. I've titled this message, You Have What the World Needs. Now, for the next four weeks, we're going to break down really simply and really practically what the gospel is and what it looks like and how we share it and all of that. But just to sort of lay a foundation, we're simply going to talk about how the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, is the hope that our world needs. The, the message of the gospel, the, the what we have through faith in Jesus and the experience that we have and the community that we have and the acceptance that we have is what our world needs needs. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 it says this, therefore, everyone say therefore. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled, somebody say reconciled, us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespass to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your grace. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, as we sort of unpack a lot of different ideas, would you just make these things clear to us? And Lord, help us to really recognize the power of what we have. Lord, the, the reality of, of the gospel and how good it is and the fact that we can know you. We thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we do pray even right now for friends, for family members, for strangers that are in our world that don't know you, that maybe are hopeless and lost right now. God, would you give us a boldness and, and a knowledge of the, who you are and, and the power of the gospel. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have what the world needs. When I was in uh, high school, I was visiting a friend and uh, he lived out of state and I f- had flown out there to hang out with him and uh, we were spending a couple weeks together. And uh, kind of my plan was, hey, I'm just showing up and uh, I'm just going where you're going and we'll just roll together and it'll be really like, li- like I'm not even here. I don't need you to take me anywhere. I don't need to go any, I don't need you to do anything. I'm just hanging out with you. Well, um, we're hanging out and this friend of mine, is, how do I put this, Um, he has money, he just doesn't like to use his money, does that make sense, okay, Um, like he has it, he just would prefer to use mine, rather than his, you know what I'm saying, okay, so we're hanging out, and it's been like a few days of this, maybe a week of this, and we're going out, and every time we, like we end up at a restaurant, he's like, oh man, you got this, right, and I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> and then we like go to the gas station. He's like, you got this, right? I'm driving you around. I'm like, I'm just kind of like hanging out. Just figured we could, whatever the case. So one of the days we're going out and I decide, Do you know what? I'm going to leave my wallet behind so that that way he has to pay for it. This is a pretty genius idea, right? I'm like, oh, ah. Sorry, bud. We, you got this one today, right? So we're, we, get, we find ourselves at a restaurant, wherever we are, doing what we're doing. And I, I'm like, ah, oh, uh, I forgot my wallet. And he goes, oh, I grabbed it. My wallet, not his wallet. My wallet. So guess who paid for lunch? I did. Yeah. And I thought I outsmarted him. He outsmarted me. Oh, you thought you could leave your wallet behind? I saw where you left it, and I grabbed it, and I have exactly what you, we, <laughs> collectively need. So yeah, that's the kind of friends I had. Um, the reason I'm telling you the story is because the world is lost, hurting, and broken. And listen, it is incapable of fixing itself. We need something or someone outside of itself to fix it. And listen, if you are a believer, you have it, and the world needs it. That's basically my whole message tonight. You have it, and the world needs it. Now, in order to understand how all this works, we need to define and understand some terms of, from the text that we just read. Because there were a lot of important words that we just sort of uh, skimmed over. You repeated a couple of them, but we need to understand some of these terms. The first term and the first idea is we need to understand the world. I called it the big world. We have to understand the world. It says in, our, in the text that we read about how God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself. The world to himself. And there are three main ideas in the Bible when we talk about the world. The first idea of the world is what I'm calling the big, great world. All right. So when the Bible says the world, we got to think big, great world. And this is the planet. This is... The blue dot in outer space that we live on. This is, this is planet Earth. Did you know that our planet is made up of over 70%, of, 70% water? The circumference of the Earth is 24,000 miles. If you tried to walk the Earth, it would take you three years if you only walked and never stopped. Three years to walk the Earth. The Earth rotates on its axis once a day at about 1,000 miles per hour. And it takes roughly 365 days for it to travel around the sun. And it moves at over 66,000 miles per hour through space. So did you guys know this? Rotating at 1,000 miles per hour, going over 60,000 miles per hour through space. There are currently 8 billion people on planet Earth. There are over 8 million different species on the planet, ranging from humans to earthworms, considered to be the most genetically different from humans, the humble earthworm. (laughs) The earth's temperature can range from a high of 134 degrees Fahrenheit, recorded in Death Valley, to a low of minus 128 degrees Fahrenheit, recorded in Antarctica. Think about that range that, that can exist on our planet. The earth is made up of mountains, valleys, plains, canyons, beaches, jungle, forest, ice, desert, and more. We live in a great, big world. And God loves the planet. You need to understand that. God loves his creation. God loves the planet. In the Genesis account, when it talks about God speaking all things into existence after the end of each thing that he created, he said it is good. He was pleased with it. That includes you. That God created you. He knows you. He formed you. And he loves you. That God created what we call planet Earth, and God loves the planet. But the second idea of the world is not just the big great world. We could call it the big broken world. This is humanity. When the Bible talks about the world, this is usually what it's talking about. It's best seen in John three sixteen, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In that context, he's not talking about the birds and the butterflies and the bushes. When he's talking about God loving the world, he's talking about humanity. He's talking about people. And it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loves the world, he loves humanity, but the world is broken. That's why Jesus is sent to save the world from perishing, because humanity on its own is perishing. We're broken, we're hurting. 8% of adults have diagnosed depression. In 2020, nearly 50,000 people committed suicide in the US. It's the 12th leading cause of death. Every day, nearly 125 people take their own life in our country alone. 50% of people over the age of 12 have used illicit drugs at least once. The drug industry is a $35 billion industry. Over 700,000 overdose deaths in the US have happened in the last 20 years. Over 52 million people have a tobacco or nicotine addiction. Please, don't vape. It's so bad for you. I'm not even being funny. It is so bad for you. It is far worse than smoking a cigarette. If you're gonna decide in high school that you want a nicotine addiction, you're like, I know what I'm missing, a nicotine addiction. Please smoke cigarettes. (laughs) Please. It's better for you. Don't vape. It's so bad for you. Recent studies show that about 5% of young adults struggle with gender dysphoria. Nearly 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's 44% recent studies show. Four over... Half a million people, or just under half a million people, were murdered in 2017 alone. 12% of deaths in the U.S. are gun violence related. Firearms, guns, have recently become the number one cause of death for children in the U.S. Number one cause of death in the U.S. Above car accidents, cancer, and other injuries. We could go on and on and on just to say that people are lost, anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, overworked, selfish, hateful, and confused. And listen, this is who God loves. God loves the big broken world and his desire is to heal all brokenness. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? So he could save those that are perishing, those that are addicted, those that are hateful, those that are angry, those that are hopeless. Jesus came to save the broken world. And it's important for us to to understand that when the Bible talks about God's love for the world, he's talking about broken, sinful, depressed, anxious, afflicted humanity. But then there's a third part. There's the big great world. There's the big broken world. But then there's also the big bad world. The big bad world. This is what the Bible would consider the world systems. It's been defined this way. The whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, etc. Which, although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire, seduce from God, and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. I'm going to say that again. I should have put it on the screen. That was my bad because I think we're visual, but I'm going to read it slow so we can picture it. The whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, etc. Which although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire, seduce from God and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. It is the course of this world organizing itself and moving itself in a way that is without God and against God. It's the whole flow of humanity that tells you you should just look out for yourself. You should do whatever makes you happy. You should follow whatever impulse and desire. You don't need God. You don't need other people. You don't need to go to church. You don't need any of that. You just need you and you just need to be you, and whatever you feel like being and doing, that's who you are. It's this course of humanity that is op- in opposition, going away from the things of God. And this is what God wants to save broken individuals from. Really, it's ourself and what we do to ourselves. God loves the planet. God loves humanity. But God wants to save humanity from the broken systems of the world and take away from him, that take away from him and the life that's found in him. So when the Bible talks about the world and that we have what the world needs, this is what we need to understand. That the world, yes, it's big and great and beautiful and there's awesome parts, but humanity as a whole is broken and lost and confused and that humanity wants to sort of suck you in and send you in a direction that is against God or away from God, and Jesus has come to rescue us out of that to give us life in him. Second thing, my second point is also my message title, is that you have what the world needs. We're going to define some terms in this idea. Again, the world is lost and hurting and broken, and it's incapable of fixing itself. And so we need something or someone outside of itself to fix it. And this text tells us what we have that the world needs. Three huge theological ideas compacted into a couple verses. Are you ready? The first one, it says, new creation. First big idea, it says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The problem with our world is that everything we do to fix our brokenness is modification when we need transformation. Everything that our world tells you to subscribe to that will help your brokenness, is, it's simply a modification. It's like this might ease the pain. This might distract you for a little while. This might make you forget. This might make you have joy for a moment or excitement for a minute. It's modification when we need transformation. Listen, Jesus doesn't fix our problems. He makes us new. <laughs> Jesus doesn't come in and say, okay, we'll just do a little bit of a tune-up. We're a couple, we're a little alignment. We're going to fix your oil, change your oil. <laughs> right? We're going to make sure everything is going all right, and we're just going to fix your problem. No, Jesus comes in and makes us brand new. This is what is explained in verse 21. It says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What he's saying is that there's this exchange that happens through faith in Jesus. That we who are sinful and broken and incomplete can put on the righteousness of God because Jesus on the cross took on our imperfection, took on our sinfulness so that we could be found new in Christ. And this transformation happens because Jesus changes us from the inside out. Listen, our world is broken. It doesn't need to just be tuned up. It needs to be transformed. It needs to be new in Christ. The second big idea is this word reconciled. And they said it a bunch in this verses, remember? He's like, reconciled, ministry of reconciliation, ambassadors of reconciliation, like all of this idea of reconciliation, one misunderstanding that we have about God's love is that he just loves us anyways. What I mean by that is we think that he loves us by ignoring or avoiding our sin. Like God's love for us is just like, ah, I love you, it's okay. I know you're messed up. I know you're bad. I know you made mistakes, but oh, I just, you're so cute. I love you anyways. The gospel is not God just loves us anyways. That's not the message. The message isn't like, oh, I'll just ignore it. You're good. I'm just, I just love you, and all I know is love, and so I just love you, and just, it's okay. Just try a little better, but I still love you anyways. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not just, oh, we'll sweep it under the rug. We'll pretend like it's not there, and I'll just love you anyways. The gospel is that God has provided a way to deal with our sins so that we can be restored into relationship with him. That's the idea of reconciliation. Reconciliation is not, I'll sweep it under the rug, forget about it, yeah, let's party. I love you anyways. Who cares? No, reconciliation is you're broken, so I'm going to make you new. There's a severed relationship because of sin, because of hurt, because of pain. And I'm going to do all that I can to restore what was broken. I'm not sweeping it under the rug. I'm dealing with it. Because God loves us and so he deals with our sin. He doesn't ignore our sin. Because it wouldn't be loving if he just ignored it. Because we would still be lost in the mess. (laughs) We'd still be incomplete. We'd still be broken. And so that's the beauty of the gospel is that it makes us whole. It's a brand new identity in Christ. So he says that we have been reconciled to God, restored back into relationship. And then the third key word that I want us to see in the worship team, you can make your way up here, is the word ambassadors. Ambassadors. The final idea is that when we become reconciled to God or restored to God, we now have a ministry Of reconciliation. Did you see that? I want to read the verses again. It says, Therefore, if anyone's Christ, he's a new creation. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself, right? Through faith in Jesus, we become restored, right relationship with God. We become brand new. And listen, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, this is the key, listen to this, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Well, what is an ambassador? He kind of explains it. He says, it's as though God were pleading through us. God was pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Do you see the picture here? It says you've been reconciled to God. You've been made right with God. You through faith in Jesus are a new creation, new identity, new hope, new life. And God's transforming you from the inside out. And notice that he says you both became new and are becoming new. I'm gonna read that again because it's a huge, awesome idea. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things become new. So they're new and they're becoming new. In other words, God transforms you from the inside out immediately, but he's also transforming you day by day by his spirit as you follow him. Are you with me? It's both now and not yet. Are you with me? I know you're like, this is crazy. But it's both now, you're brand new, and it's not yet. You're becoming new. This is, this is the hope that we have in Jesus, that the way we are today is not how we're going to be forever, that God's going to continue to work in our lives and change us day by day. You with me? Okay, that was side point. Now that we're both new and becoming new, you have a job. Let me put it in Christian terms: you have a calling, you have a purpose. God has placed you here for a reason. Enter the keyboards. God has placed a call on your life. He's he's got given you a purpose. And the purpose, this is this is the key for us, especially as we talk about this series and as we continue to move through. The purpose is not, God, you just show up and help me do what I want to do. The purpose is not, I'm going to be famous and God, help me be famous. The purpose is not, I'm going to make a lot of money, God, help me make a lot of money. The purpose is not, I'm going to be the happiest person on the planet. God, make me the happiest person on the planet. No, God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. You're an ambassador of Christ. It's as if, listen to me, if you hear nothing else, hear this. It's as if God is pleading through your life to other people around you, their need for relationship with God. So here's the question. What does your life look like to other people? What does your relationship with Jesus look like to other people is it as if God is pleading through your life be reconciled to him do you carry the hope and the peace and the joy and the the perspective and the identity that says I there is something different and unique about my life that is pleading with the world be reconciled to God what does your life look like? How do people view your life? What's, your pers- what's their perspective on you? Oh, they're like everybody else. They're nice sometimes. They're mean other times. They, I don't know. They are what they are. They're like all into this, I guess. I don't know. What's people's perspective? What do people see when they look at your life? Because this verse tells us that when we've been reconciled to God, it's as if God is pleading. I love that idea of pleading. It's not like God is desperately begging, but it's that God so badly wants people to find the life and the identity that's found in relationship with him. God is, is, doesn't want us to settle for lesser things, for lesser loves or lesser purposes or lesser identity. God wants us to know him and be known by him. So maybe you don't know Jesus. Can I tell you that God loves you so much? All of your brokenness, all of your hurt, and he doesn't want to just tune it up. He doesn't just want to modify it to make it tolerable. He wants to transform you from the inside out. New perspective, new identity, new hope, all of the, all of the above. And then from there, he places a calling on your life, not to do whatever you wanna do and just bring God into it, but has given you the ministry of reconciliation, an ambassador, a representative of God in all that you do and all that you say. Listen, if you're a believer, you have it and the world needs it. We all know people that are hurting and lost and broken and confused and, and, and suffering from this, that, and the other. And again, the message of Jesus is not come here and we'll fix all your problems. The message of Jesus is that you become new and you're becoming new. That you have a new identity and God is is placing his, his identity in you. That you can have peace, but he's also placing his peace in you. It's this process that we get to walk in. But if you have it, the world needs it. So be like my friend that I began with oh, this? Is this what you were looking for? (laughs) I had it here with me. I wish you would have said like, oh, don't worry about it. I got this. (laughs) Oh yeah, I saw it on the counter, but I figured it's because I've been, you've been paying for everything. I appreciate it. Here, I'll use mine this time. But he didn't. He brought my wallet. Whatever the case, this is my time to vent. No, I'm just kidding. You have it. And, And some of you are like, I don't know if I have it. I don't, I don't have that joy. I don't have that peace. I don't have all of those things that you're talking about. Well, that's because it's both now and not yet. God is working in you. And as you continue to show up and you continue to surrender to God, and as you continue to obey him and do what he wants you to do, you'll find yourself experiencing what God promises, the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of abiding in Jesus, the fruit of relationship with him is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and all of these things that come as a result of what? Being in relationship with God. If you're a believer, you have it and the world needs it. How can God use your life to bring that message, that hope to a broken, hurting, confused, lost, desperate world? Have you ever been in a situation where here, I'll, I'll give you an example like this. I have flown first class one time in my life. One time in my life. Let me tell you, my whole life flying in coach, I didn't know what I was missing until I flew first class. We flew back from Brazil, I'm telling you. The seat went like horizontal, like a bed, flat. I had a TV with endless movies on it that popped up and, and went over my eyes like this. So I was laying on my back on an airplane. Laying on my back on an airplane watching. I think I watched Spider-Man 3. Not the one with like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. Because it had like this, this is how old I am. It had like just come to DVD. All right. So watching Spider-Man 3. Can I tell you, I had no clue what I was missing in first class until I rode first class. I was totally fine in coach. I was like, this is what it is. They brought me a Sprite. This is cool. It was free, unless you're like on Spirit or whatever. But other than that, it was free. This is cool. But then you experience what you hadn't experienced yet. And then let me tell you, it is difficult. Every time I get on an airplane now, walking past first class, knowing what they're experiencing, to go sit in the middle seat and coach. and be like, Excuse, can I, hey, hey, a Sprite, please? Right, once you've experienced it, you don't know what you're missing until you, until you have it. The world, you have it, the world needs it. And some, so often people don't even realize that they need it until, hey, come experience this with me. Do you know that God loves you so much? He has a plan for your life.